everybody, and welcome to At the Devil's Ball. This is the first of our two Halloween specials, which is our guest this week, Michelle Nesk, filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. Um, which, uh, back in our anniversary special, you uh, you had mentioned that you wanted to talk vampires. So right. we are here to talk vampires, all things vampires. Um, and, uh, oh, I'm Nathaniel, if you don't know and that. And I'm Samuel. And uh, so we don't have any specific film to talk about this week, but we will talk about a few. Um, but um, let's start off normally like we do, except uh, I figured due to the nature of the holiday, uh, rather than do the uh, uh, thing you watched this week, uh, what's your favorite uh, Halloween special, Michelle? What's your favorite uh, Halloween watch? Uh Honestly, that's a hard one. Um, so Daffy Duck's Quack Busters. Okay, that's a good one. Made one. Yeah. Um, I I really I always had a thing for the possessed broad. You know, she it's was. Been, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Yeah, no, she that that she she was bay. Um, <laughs> and then, let's see here. Uh, of course, the Nicktoons Halloween specials. Uh, I had them all on DVD, and I still watch them. Sometimes it, it was—it's hard to really go into like a full-on Halloween tradition, aside from like pulling in the candy, because Halloween's kind of like an everyday thing. Right, I'm one of the right. people, you know, like you put the Halloween decoration there, and you're like, "Well, that's never coming down again." <laughs> right. You know, so that's really cool. Uh, for me, I I like it. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, and then uh, I would say that Halloween, like the the season, uh, like the month of September to October, mm-hmm. you know, no, and November. Um, I my tradition is more watching newer stuff that I would probably usually skip out on. So it's more when I'm gonna watch stuff that i wouldn't likely take the time to watch right if that makes sense um it's uh like last year was it last year i think around october because i i spoke to you guys uh because i was a guest back then as well uh i had just saw the scream franchise okay for the first time ever and it was so awesome that I couldn't believe I was missing out. And that was my like October month. That was like my biggest binge mm-hmm. for that for October last year. Um, so this year I, I've been watching like newer stuff. Um, and so that's been pretty fun. But I think that's mostly my tradition is October is watch the horror movies or franchises that I normally wouldn't go for. Totally, totally. Sam, what about you? What's your favorite Halloween? Uh, I know this answer, I think, already. I was going to say, you know it. Uh, yeah, I know it, but... It's the, it's the Paul Lind Halloween special. It's, right. It's, I, I've been obsessed with it for the last couple of years since I, you know, found it. Yeah. Um, But uh, I guess aside from that, uh, I I like the uh, the, the uh, Garfield Halloween special is what I revisit quite often. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's always that's a good one where they dress up like pirates and go trick or treating to get the candy, candy, candy. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, it was a, a staple of uh, staple of my childhood as well, um, along with uh, Charlie Brown, right. which was uh, uh, had that weird, uh, uncharacteristically nice Lucy uh, moment in it. Where right. she's nice to nice to Linus, but yeah, it's um, it's obviously a fun holiday. Much like Michelle, uh, like my, my Michelle noted, it's uh, it's uh, it, the season sort of just like the stuff I more or less go back and rewatch is like the Night of the Demons franchise, the Halloween right. franchise. Like I end up watching those during uh during this time of year. So, but um, so yeah, vampires. So Michelle, you came to us with this uh with this idea back in our anniversary special. Um, what is it about vampires that made you uh want to uh do something specifically around it? They're just neat. Like, <laughs> they are. I mean, yeah. like they're fucking neat like there's so many different kinds mm-hmm. and like they are like if you if you try to like wikipedia you know google it up like mm-hmm. the complete and total contradiction so you know the first appearance of the vampire was in the 1800s after Bram Stoker ate some bad cheese but there was yeah. another guy who did you know what I mean and right. it's like uh, if you consider like the Greek mythology of vampires, the Mesopotamian, the Sumerian, yeah. the Egyptian, uh, like you name it, there's every culture throughout time, cultures who had no contact with each other all have a creature that's like a vampire. And sometimes it's right. sanguine, you know, sometimes it's sanguine, but other times it's energy. Other times it's emotion, which is similar to energy. And like, uh, what's really fun is what we do in the shadows actually delved into that, right. which was really, really fun. Um, there with, are with their energy vampire. Uh, the energy vampire yeah, and the Colin Robinson's vampire. great. Right. Yeah. And then like that that lady who's the emotional vampire. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like an evolved version of the energy vampire. Right. Yeah. Like that was really cool because um the existence of the different kinds are neat. There's also oh. the ones that literally just devour all the flesh, not just the blood. Mm-hmm. There's also um I mean, I've only seen it in Futurama, but I bet it. I bet if you just like took a day to look into it, there's probably mm-hmm. some kind of bone, like bone vampire. Right. I almost uh, said. Yeah, I think so. There was one I saw that was like uh, like the Barbary Coast that they it, it takes uh, all the fat from the uh, fat from the victim, and yeah, yeah like it's uh, yeah. They, get me one of those. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I mean, it kills you though, Sam. Oh, like, yeah, well, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't like like be like, hey, congratulations, you're thin right. now. Like, yeah. right. Um, I mean, it does seem like it should like you should be okay. Like, it's got to be non-invasive than lipo mm-hmm. because I I don't know. I like watching um, surgery videos a lot, uh, especially liposuction videos. <laughs> Because I, I I often make prosthetics where I have to simulate fat, right? You know, uh, when it's being cut and stuff. So I like I watch a lot of videos in regard to that. 
Um, and when with liposuction is basically like they shove this rod and right. never gentle. They are never gentle. It's just like, and then they literally start fucking the hole in your butt. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Wait, wait, wait. I know this is like my third time on here, but I'm allowed to cuss on this one, right? Yes. You are. Yeah. Fudge. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. On this, yeah, that's on, on this, this network you can. Yeah. Well, sometimes like I'll be on like uh, one person's podcast and they're like, yeah, yeah, cuss. And then I'll be on another right. one. They're like, Michelle, shut up. Oh, yeah. One right. of our one of our <laughs> friends has a has a strict uh, no cursing on his show. And yeah. um, right. whenever we've been on it, we've been like, oh, shit, we're not allowed to say shit. And then he's like, right. you know, but um, yeah. but no, no, I totally get you. Yeah, no, we, yeah. we're a, we're a horror podcast. Our, most of the stuff we watch is rated R. We figure we might as well be rated right. R as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so anyways, I think that vampire, if it learns self-control, could go into a very lucrative business for himself. Absolutely. So what else were you thinking? Well, I've got a whole bunch of talking points that I thought that uh, we could get through. Um, but we might as well start off. Uh, Sam, you had one in specific that I think ties into a lot of, uh, particularly the modern vampire. You wanted right. to talk about uh, vampire as sex symbol. Right. Um, I knew it was going to be sexy vampires. It was sexy it's, vampires. Come it's on. the way we. It's it's the modern era. That's what they right. are now. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Ninety percent of the vampires now that we we see in media are the are the sexy kind. Um, from Twilight to Interview with the Vampire to is, am I coming through okay? I hearing a lot of. Yeah, Sam, you're fine. It's it's uh, Michelle always has some distortion on her end okay. when she's on. So, yeah. yeah, I'm okay. so sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> so sorry. I'm, like, I'm all like, ah, okay. No, Let's it's okay. Here. Oh, my phone is doing some buzzing. I am not intentionally being a dick. I nope. didn't think you were. No. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I love you. Guys. Anyways. Okay. Um, so we have the new interview with the vampire uh, TV series that right. just came out. Um, I Don't haven't watched it yet. Like the dry humping is insane. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Well, that's good because Anne Rice, you know, almost invented the modern sexy vampire all herself. Yeah. Um, and made him made them, you know, kind of a queer icon in the same way too. Um. Yeah, but yeah, it's weird in the modern in the modern parlance that that we get more sexy vampires than any other kind for the most part. Um, I guess now with what with the popularity of what we do in the shadows, there's the funny vampire as well. But yeah, yeah, well, I think we've had a lot of funny vampires though, like right. um, Saturday the Fourteenth Strikes Back. I think had the vampire with the very tiny fangs. Right, um, right, um, and. Uh, Leslie Nielsen's Death yeah. and Loving It. Uh, that was a good one, yeah. Yeah, and Eddie Murphy's Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, we've had, like, and there's more than that. Like, right. I, I love the continuation of the funny vampire, though, because, I mean, if you think about it, a vampire going through multiple times, constantly trying to adjust, learn. Right. You would have to imagine that would be. That would be a neurotic individual with like an accent that sounds like they've lived everywhere for at least a hundred years at a time, right? Mm -hmm. 
and like they have no idea what the fuck fashion is right they're just like yeah, i'm gonna throw it all on right I, that would be an interestingly quirky individual i feel like they would like they really would have done well in like the 2010s right yeah 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 <clears throat> Well, I think actually that that was the era that I think the only time I've ever seen vampire fiction even bring it up, where they're like, you know, uh, was the Vampire Diaries in the very very beginning. The first, like the character says, like, avoid trends; they'll date you. Right. Like, you know, it's and the only time I've ever seen it referenced was uh, they were like, you know, whatever you do, don't you know, you have to kind of dress neutrally for any any era because otherwise people are gonna you'll you'll fall behind and everybody will know right. you're old. It's it was it's interesting. <laughs> That is, but, that is funny. Yeah, it's like the only one that uh, only one that ever mentioned it um, that I can think of. But um, and those yeah, were even, sexy vampires too, weren't they? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it was, um, it was definitely a uh, more of a romantic show. But they were also, um, they were also pretty savage in many right. many ways. That show had a really really fucked up morality. But uh, um, yeah. yeah, no, that yeah, Vampire Diaries was like was very um uh, narcissistic in many ways where like it was like me and mine are important everybody else can go to hell oh, right. and it was like they would just like murder people straight up if that was a problem like it was but um actually wasn't bad it wasn't a bad show despite some really ridiculous conceits but uh early on but and then it kind of fell apart michelle well, you were a fan of that show weren't you i watched it for the first time two months ago Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. Did you like it? Um, I how did I feel about it? I I I mean, honest. I'm just gonna be very, you know, honest. Like I put it on because I was just really desperate for something new mm-hmm. within the genre, and so I was like, "Fuck it, fine. I'll put it on." Um. I I feel like mostly it was like a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that makes sense, like overall, it was just really fucking funny, and like all their jokes, like their obvious jokes, are literally laced throughout it. So, like, if you're not the type who gets queasy from like you know minimal gore and stuff then at least there's like you become the laugh track for it so right that and i appreciated that um uh overall the storyline was um well it was a little silly yeah yeah well it never it never held a storyline more than five minutes too i mean like that was it was so soap opery that they were like you know they just would jump around yeah wasn't it wb that's like that's yep. their thing yeah yeah it was yeah cw yeah, it's, yeah. or cw yeah yeah but, yeah. but same thing I, but i yeah. tried to watch the originals because i was like okay well since i thought these characters were funny i'm gonna see if they're funny in this show too and um all of the jokes that are laced throughout vampire diaries that made it an enjoyable watch for me Mm-hmm. Those jokes are not there in the. No, they're not. No, they're not. And so it's like I'm trying to watch it, and um, so 
you know, I got ADHD just like straight out the gate. So it's right. like, if I can't stay focused. It, like, please tell me jokes, you know? Right. And so basically I was like kicking the air until I was like, I, I, I'm, I, I can't stick through this one. Not no. that it's terrible. It's just not for me. It's not very good though. I mean, like, but if you are a fan of, if you're a fan of really hammy performances, it's your show, but like right. it's, because um, Jeffrey, uh, no, what's his name? Uh, shit, I don't remember now. The lead character in the original. Like all the actors, like yeah. all the actors are really great. It's just, you know, it's. I can't say whether or not it's good or bad, but I can say that um, I am not the demographic, yeah. and yeah. I, I tried. You know, like I really wanted it to happen, but it just it right. didn't. Yeah. You know, it's not move. Um, so, yeah. No, I remember watching an episode of the originals, um, and the, the woman I was dating came home from work and I was watching it and, um, the lead actor has this big, like flip out and she actually was sitting on the couch and she just goes, Pfft. and I'm like, <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah. And she looks at me like, oh shit, he probably likes the show. And I'm like, no, go, go nuts. Right. Like, I don't, you know, it's very hammy. Like he is so over the top, the whole show that um he just has these like kind of temper tantrums in the middle of it that are are very funny but i mean like it's uh it's it was a, also was oddly colonialist and like you know three three kind of former viking vampires show up to new orleans and tell the black vampire who runs the place that it belongs to them instead and it's oh. like it's like oh okay like you know but um but yeah, they were kind of sexy vampires. I mean, uh, Vampire Diaries was made in in reaction, I think, to the to the Twilight boom. No, uh, no, the Vampire Diaries uh, were books. No, I mean, the Twilight books existed. No, I know, but the the move, the show was greenlit. I think to oh, because to, of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Definitely predated it. Like I, I would say that there would be no Twilight if it weren't for Vampire Diaries. Yeah, there would be no Vampire Diaries television show without the Twilight films. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. is the show that's was the show was done to be like you know Teen Girl in love. There's two vampires love Teen Girl, uh, yeah. love triangle, uh, pretty people doing pretty people things. Um, I I have like this kind of like it, it's always given me the ick is the idea of um like fucking family members like as a family member like I don't I I personally I'm sorry I have to throw this in I just have to if your family member has fucked someone right and mm -hmm. like I personally would not want to fuck that person who had my family members secretions all over or in them sure. that is not for me um so the whole premise that whole premise like right out the bat i was like <laughs> she was just with him earlier and yeah. now it's yeah. in, their mouth, in their vampires so they have to know but yeah. i'm sorry i'm sorry um, oh, as far as sexy vampires, let's just be super real and just set the record straight right now. Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure, Gary Oldman, you know. 
Yeah, we covered we we covered that film a, a few months ago. Yeah, and um, that movie was all about uh, like horniness and sexuality. It's um, super horniness. That's like all it was about. Like, yeah. why would a writers all like making out with Keanu Reeves, and you right. would swear you were watching a porno? <laughs> yeah, that, right. that sounds just they were. Um, what's the word? Uh, enthusiastic, and mm-hmm. then like. Um, of course, uh, Dracula's concubines, right? Uh, right. those three, those three were so gay, and like, but also, like, super into Keanu Reeves because he's Keanu Reeves, right? right? And then, like, their sounds, there was just so much moaning happening everywhere. Lucy walking down in her really amazing red pajamas, yeah. <laughs> like so good they're they're so good and then like she's literally walking down the pathway moaning there's nothing happening to her whatsoever she's just like wow the breeze yeah and then for no reason just makes out with one on a rider for a minute just just for the just for basically the image yeah Yeah. it's this movie was full horniness yeah Yeah. Yeah. or or when one on a rider is petting the wolf with gary oldman Mm-hmm. And again, like, uh, right. it's like porno sound scene. And like, I remember trying to watch it when I was a kid and my parents would be like, what are you watching? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Dracula. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't look at the part with the three naked ladies. But yeah, that's, yeah. No, it's, oh, yeah. Well, everybody loves that part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, the 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 sexy vampire is is uh, I've always kind of wondered why that is because what we're talking about is something that is very violent and, uh, and dangerous, and I've always kind of wondered what what the appeal is to that. Um, it was one of the things I was I, I wanted to pose to the group was what why we think that is. Um, like uh like buffy the vampire slayer for example was sort of like had this sam never watched that show i don't right. think but uh, yeah i watched but, the first couple seasons yeah but the yep. idea of um uh in, in that particular show all vampires are evil except mm-hmm. for like this one um and of course he's a love interest and i've always like been like well he still murdered like millions of people right why you know what is it about vampires that make it that uh make them so fuckable for lack of a better term that's actually uh because every story that is sexualized vampires Mm -hmm. the vampire who could kill you is instead a creature who will protect you Mm mm-hmm does that make sense? Mm. Ultimately, having the idea of having a vampire who loves you either means that you're going to have what good fortune, good energy, or longevity in life, right? Sure. Yeah. Plus the strength and the wherewithal to like protect you, keep you safe, right? Mm. Like, yeah. And, you know, this like, huge hardcore devotion that's the appeal but also as far as like the forgiveness when they become good um that's actually like just beyond like vampires like xena warrior princess the entire plot is based around that 
you know, where you have someone who's killed millions of people, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, but then one day, for whatever reason, they're like, oh my God, I've done terrible things and I need to rectify that. And I can never change that, but I'm going to just keep doing good until my final mm-hmm. day, right? Same thing. Yeah. You know, uh, with like Buffy, uh, Angel was like the most notorious vampire of all time, but then mm-hmm. he gets cursed with a soul. Yep. Right. Yeah. And then Spike gets a chip. Yep. That basically trains them, and then he goes and gets his soul. Yep. You know, after he does a terrible thing, a terrible soulless thing. Yes. He goes and gets his soul so he can make it up to her. Yep. So, you know, you have that. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, you know, from Francis Ford Coppola, he has a soul, and so does Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like. Mina is always this object. Uh, She's uh, a figure that has come into his life before. And she's basically like his karmic cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's uh, because of him, not necessarily something he did wrong, but it's because of him, depending on the lore you come from, uh, that she's dead. Right. And then to be reborn. Uh, his karmic cycle is to pay with his life so that right. she can right. is usually the outcome. Um, I'd love to see one where they get to live happily ever after, though. Like, that sounds real nice. It does. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, Jonathan's a sweet boy, but he could literally, literally be in, like, a fantastic polyamorous relationship with the three concubines. <laughs> right. Like, you know, he could talk them out of eating babies. I mean, the sky's the limit. Could they be talked right. out of it? I don't get the impression they were particularly open to being talked out of anything. But right, I don't think, yeah. no, they were horny. If they if they were unate, like that was like objective number one. And as far as like them eating babies, like. I'm not making excuses, but I'm looking <laughs> at them more like, you know, vampires right. in in that in like these timelines are more like dingoes or wolves, right? Right. They leave you like it's hard for them to get food, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when people were superstitious. Could you imagine? Like people are superstitious, and like one out of every ten who tries the superstitions is actually right. You right. know, and you can't take your chances. And like, if anything goes wrong, like literally, they scream witchcraft if you like do mathematics of like two yeah. plus two is four right. two five in your head. Mm-hmm. So, I I'm sure vampires had a really hard time getting food. So would there be the occasional devouring of babies? Sure, but I'd imagine in the modern era they probably wouldn't eat babies. No, you know. Because, like, I mean, how available is food? It's, like, abundant. Yeah. 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 Unless you do, like, a stupid movie, like, uh, what that uh, Daybreakers movie or whatever it was called. Yeah. That movie was so dumb. But, um, yeah. Uh, the the general principle is that um, vampires have become the dominant species on the planet, and so they're like, oh, we've made everybody into a vampire, so we have no food anymore. And it's, like, (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, how did you allow that to happen, Vampire Society? And they were like, well, we don't know. Uh, it just kind of did. 
it's uh it's well, allegory. I mean, we, we are a society that literally well, is setting the earth on fire and, that is true. and pretending yeah, yeah literally it's uh there's i i believe that must be inspired by a short story i mean correct me if i'm wrong but when i was a kid uh i read this book uh it was an anthology called under the fang right Mm -hmm. and it was about like every story was based on the post-apocalyptic world where vampires had taken over Mm mm-hmm and like it was really cool there was like one story where it was very similar to demolition man except the powers that be were vampires so like a cross between like um a blade Mm -hmm. and uh you know and demolition man like with the juice bar and stuff right yeah and then um another one was it was uh there were so many vampires and vampires were starving that it was like feral vampires who were more like zombies and they were like trying to survive and it was just initially when vampires were illegal it was easier for them to keep their numbers tight and they ran a council but when vampires came out it became harder to contain Mm -hmm. and so instead of it being a community it became a viral epidemic right Uh. yeah so like it, it was it was called Under the Fang. I cannot remember anything else about it. I haven't read it since I was very little. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. And uh the plot of Daybreakers sounds a lot like one of the stories where dad's right. trying to find his kids. Yeah. He was yeah. like, I just wanted to get my kids back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the, the only thing I remember about Daybreakers, I think, was uh Sam Neill and Ethan Hawke were both in it, and they were right. both like kind of like slumming it a little bit. Like it was sort of like, "What are you doing here?" But yeah, I do too. Right. But like, uh, it's it's a little strange that they uh, uh, that they were in this like kind of vampire movie that didn't go anywhere. But uh, but it was at a time when Sam Neill was making a lot of uh, career choices that were amounting to very little, like doing television and stuff like that. But right. um. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, like it's, uh, one of the things I thought was interesting, I watched an interview with the vampire last night, um, and, um, it's really good. Yeah. It's a great movie. Um, it holds up. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Um, however, what I thought was interesting when watching it last night, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll eventually we'll do an episode on it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as, uh, it's, um, sequel. Um, less great less less considerably less great um but yeah i mean i thought that it was interesting that um i think that movie was kind of doing something that i don't think even ann rice actually intended to do which was something that um i don't see happening a lot in vampire fiction which is uh sort of this post-human approach to sexuality and um and sexual identity uh, to the point that it's a fun kind of thought experiment to look at it. Normally, post-human philosophy or post-human ideas are usually focused around the concept of AI. Like you have, right. a, if you if you take sexuality or any sort of construct within civilization and you throw it at an artificial intelligence that's uh, beyond us, they mostly just kind of say like, "Well, that would make no that makes no sense." Like I don't, you know, you find out that a lot of this uh, anthropocentric stuff that we do is all very arbitrary because an artificial intelligence would just go i don't i don't need a gender right. 
like what's a gender i don't need that um that three that the vampires in in with the vampire is one of the very few that kind of talk about the idea of vampires as an evolved species that would look at um like they think they're coded as gay in, in the vampire but in reality they're not really gay they're vampires right uh like it's sort of like actually the gender of the vampire doesn't matter it's thrown aside because they're just vampires um same thing with claudia where right. you know it's even though the movie takes great pain actually takes a moment to have um like armand to kind of say like you mean your lover and he's like no 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 no, no. not my right. lover uh i i'm not in a sexual relationship with claudia god no right. uh it'd be like yes yes you are like uh there is a, although sexuality doesn't enter into it because they're i don't get the impression they're actually having sex with each other no um but no. uh it it's interesting that um and so they they kind of threw that line in i think to make sure that the you know audience wouldn't turn on it but uh on louis that is but right. it's interesting that to the to me that these vampires in that film are sort of like all of these constructs of relationships and sexuality are meaningless because you're just gonna have relationships with other vampires regardless of what right now i i don't i i can't say i agree with that no 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 uh, the genders of the vampires are just as realized as they were when they were human. It's it wasn't like a well now that like something has ripped through us and changed our entire being of existence. Gender and sexuality suddenly do not matter. Um, there are vampires in the Anne Rice world who are strictly heterosexual. There are, there are ones that are strictly gay, and then there are ones who are bisexual. Um, Lestat is bisexual. Mm -hmm. Louis is bisexual. Um, age is definitely uh, an issue. Uh, we get, uh, like, Claudia, it's it's against vampiric law to make a uh, child children. Like they need to be of a certain age. Yeah. Uh, Armand's Armand's uh, assumption that Claudia was his lover had nothing to do with like that. Vampires are indiscriminate about that kind of thing. Um, they're clearly not, but uh, it's because of how Armand grew up. Because Armand himself was a sex slave. Right. Well, we're talking. Right. That's that's the books. I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about the, the read in the, the film. There in the show, and that's the line in the book, and they kept mm. it in the film. Mm. So, like that's you know inherently the meaning continues through it. Like Armand explains that he's very old, you know, right. and uh, given that his style of dress, because he's obviously picked a period, and his period is. Uh, very clearly, he reached the height of his maturity within, like, the Botticelli era. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that that's what we're working with there. But there's no insinuation uh, other than, like, Armand making the assumption and quickly being corrected. Um, like, they do view their child as their child. Right. And, you know, and unlike a lot of Anne Rice's works, like I generally do not read Anne Rice. I mm -hmm. read her stuff when I was a kid. 
like right. literally a kid. Right. And I went back to reread it as an adult, and I was like, "Holy shit! What the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is weird." No, I'm done. Because uh, you know, but as far as Claudia goes, she is the one character that that never happened with in mm. Anne Rice's books, and uh, Louis. And Armand do not couple with children in any of the books. And it's like mm-hmm. two of the few characters in her series of books who did not. So it's worth noting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I certainly, yeah, in the greater in in the books, that's uh, that's what I mean by the. I think the film is doing something that wasn't intended. Um, that I feel like there's a read on it that I was watching the films that was sort of like, uh, that was sort of talking about the idea that uh it's an alternate read is what i'm talking about not necessarily saying that it's uh, because i don't think it's something that is intentional um i think that but it ultimately comes across as such where um considering all of these uh, all these characters with louis are ostensibly uh louis sort of this i feel like has a story of like that he's entering into these abusive relationships Mm-hmm. that are all kind of using him or abusing him in some fashion right. uh, that ultimately causes him to just kind of be like, I don't understand how any of this works. Um, I'm just looking for some sort of answer and nobody has one. They just have control. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's just a really interesting movie. Um, right. I haven't seen the show yet. I, I think only the first episode is on, uh, is on prime. Uh Two. the rest of them. the first two mm-hmm. oh, oh okay um yeah. but yeah it's uh it, other than that it's not on any uh streaming service that i have but uh right but um yeah. it's, a uh, it's because hulu is producing it so oh is it on it, hulu yeah oh, I, thought okay. it was, I thought it was on amc plus that's what i saw last oh, night when i was looking at it yeah yeah, I think it's yeah. I'm not oh, sure. C plus, it is. You are correct. Yeah, which I don't have. Um, I get it with my Prime, so like I get a little confused on that one. Yeah, well, I looked because, it up through my Prime too, and it was like you have the first two, and then the rest of it is on AMC Plus, right. and I was like, yeah, I'm not getting AMC Plus for that. So I mean, it's you know, right. I have enough, I have enough streaming services. I don't need another one. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of make the limit of like I'm gonna I'm better pay fifty bucks a month for streaming services. Like any more than that, I'm I'm like that's a little bit much. And right. uh, but yeah, I mean even if you get all of them, it's still less than cable. But I'm not uh, I'm not really gonna go into further than fifty bucks. I think so. I keep my uh, my basic ones, and then I'm right. I'm happy. But um. Trying to think here. Let's see. Look at my notes. Um, All right. So let's re let's let's kind of refocus back kind of to the beginning here. I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's uh, let's talk about vampire lore. Uh, As noted, Michelle mentioned that you know like there is all this historical background to them, and almost every single major culture uh has one um do you guys have a favorite that's non non-european did any of you uh, know of any that you wanted to talk about 
I do not. You do not. Okay. No. Good conversation there. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was going to say, I like the, um, uh, uh, there's a couple of interesting ones. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, the Zhangxi of China right. are pretty neat. Um, they, uh, the general folklore around it is sort of that you, um, it, it, that people wanted to die in their hometown. Uh, right. So if they didn't, uh, they would, you know, the family would send a sorcerer to go find the body and he'd staple um, a magic spell that he wrote on a piece of paper and mm-hmm. staple it to their forehead. And um, they, the body would then get up and reanimate. Uh, however, they actually had rigor mortis. So they would hop. Oh. They would hop. Yeah. Uh, they don't walk. Yeah. Right. Uh, their arms would be outstretched and they would hop behind the sorcerer and right. uh, the sorcerer would bring them back. Um, they, um, they didn't feed on blood though. They fed on the, um, on the breath of the living. Mm. So they sucked your breath out of your mouth. Um, and, um, but the general idea is they were actually docile until you pissed off the sorcerer and then he'd rip the spell off their head and they'd go berserk. Um, it's a, it's a really fascinating, uh, fascinating cultural one. Malaysia had a really cool one. Um, the, uh, Penelagan, uh, Penin Goblin, mm-hmm. uh, who are, uh, they look human until they go up to be vampires in which they pull off their heads uh, and their entrails right. kind of spill out and they fly around uh, breaking into windows to mm-hmm. uh, suck your blood out with your, with their entrails. Right. Um, they were, uh, they were actually one of the very few vulnerable to sunlight. Actually, sunlight's a new thing. Right. Um, no, most vampires weren't actually, uh, uh, affected by sunlight. They would, uh, the way you could beat them would be, um, you can either, you, if you catch hold of one, they have a hole where their head mm-hmm. should be. So you can stuff glass in there, uh, and that would kill them. Uh, or because they're vulnerable to sunlight, you could put thorns on your windowsill. And when they tried to break into your house, cause they can't see anything cause they have no heads. Right. Uh, they would um, they get caught in it. Their entrails would get caught in the thorns, mm-hmm. and then the sun would come up and destroy them. Oh, um, lots of lots of really really weird ones around the world. Right. Um, uh, for most uh, Western European vampires, um, what's interesting about it is also the reaction to them in their folklore, uh, where. Uh, the most major actual vampire panic that ever actually occurred mm-hmm. in uh, in history was um, Russian, right? And in uh, in some areas of Russia, uh, where there was actually a, a vampire hunt, uh, where people were killed, um, uh, and bodies were mutilated and destroyed and burned and and cut up to pieces, and then there was. Um, until uh, I didn't write her name down, but basically the empress of that era just sent her personal physician to go figure this shit out. He was like, right. "Yeah, no vampires. Stop this. Cut this shit out." <laughs> uh, and they stopped. But um, but yeah, it's actually uh, there. Actually, have been real documented cases of um, vampire hunters yeah. right. in our uh, in culture, which is fascinating to me. Well, I mean, um, we got witch hunters. Might as well have vampire hunters. Yeah. 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 Oddly enough. Um, as far as that goes, like real world application, most recently, there was uh, the Russian pogrom 
mm-hmm. and the German Holocaust, the Nazi Holocaust, mm-hmm. right? Um, the two major things that were included was uh, the continuous blood libel toward uh, the Jewish community, the Jewish okay. Hebrew community. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of uh, a lot of people were killed by vampire hunters, uh, but it, it was actually just anti-Semitism, sure. uh, which is really interesting because, like, even in this day and age, like, it's still a thing. Like, you'll see some, um, you know, uh, QAnon uh, wingnut going right. on about blood libel. Mm-hmm. And it's still like a major thing. Like it's it's so pervasive that we are here in the digital age, and people still go on about those kinds of things. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's pervasive. I it, I think that's one of the reasons why, like, it was insisted upon being sexy. But mm-hmm. I think like the overall introduction to like the sexy vampire was supposed to be like i think it was accidental with like bella lugosi you know but like they just couldn't help it like that guy just he was hot you know Mm. um but in in like the modern age like you know you get vamp red-blooded american girl um you know just like a series of really great 1970s 1980s films about vampirism Uh, but it all came in um at a point during like the aids epidemic Mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be kind of symbolic of that for a lot of things like i know that's what they were going for with interview with the vampire yeah Mm -hmm. uh, watching the featurette on that and uh also uh with uh francis ford coppola's uh take on dracula so it, it, it's it's pretty fascinating in that like they tried to tell this tale from I'm not exactly sure what angle they were supposed to be coming from or if they just used it because it was buzzwords, you know. Mm-hmm. Overall, they just ended up creating like some horny masterpieces. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Same thing with like yeah, Jean uh, Jean Roland. You know, like I'm gonna have. Uh, I think actually it traces back even further than what we've kind of talked about. The sexy vampire was also like Carmilla, like right. it was, you know, pre pre Dracula was like you know we have lesbian vampires in, you know, we have Easter and Gilgamesh. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, it's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, sexuality, sexuality being tied to vampirism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really strange it's just an, uh, an odd thing that would just occur um but uh yeah it's i've lost my train of thought i think it's because immortality itself can be kind of seductive like if you don't think about it too much and yeah. it's just like you know i can freeze at this point right. and then, like then i get to run around da 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 but like the stories that are always the most interesting from there are more about the hardships. Yeah. yeah. You know, the complications of, you know, if you're alive for as long as you are, how many identities do you have to assume? Right. And 
uh, is there if you decide to fall in love with a mortal, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, finally, you tell them who you are. Are they going to be upset that you lied to them, that you didn't trust them right off the bat, that you're literally like uh, undead? Yeah. Like, how do you do that, right? Um, it's just, and then like constantly having to like uh put your life into upheaval, mm-hmm. like you can't get comfortable. Like right. that, that that just all of it sounds like an excruciating pain in the ass. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things that uh, <clears throat> that when watching interview with Vampire last night made me um because uh, actually Michelle, you had mentioned uh, when you uh, I saw your you had a Facebook post after watching uh, the new episodes of uh, Interview the Vampire. You were like, yeah, you missed Tom Cruise. Um, and I was sort of watching Interview the Vampire, paying attention to Tom Cruise's performance, and it's it's unbelievable. It's a really good performance. Um, but uh, what noted one of the things I noted about Interview the Vampire watching last night was the kind of crushing loneliness of uh, all these characters. Right. Uh, even when they're not alone, they're still alone. Um, which is always something that I think, uh, uh, another thing I think a lot of vampire fiction tends to kind of stay away from is like, you know, if you live forever, uh, pretty much the only other per- people you can really get close to are other people who live forever. Right. And, um, they're just kinda... as jaded as you. Yeah. 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 And so it's, uh, it's interesting that, um, that we keep that uh oh here's a question to the group too like so obviously we've had uh we've we've talked about a few of them uh mm-hmm. like twilight buffy uh right. vampire diaries um and you know michelle you talked about you know being with a mortal um is that how do we feel about that i think as consumers like are we are we comfortable with that like um like one of the things that gets brought up a lot with uh, when you know, retrospectively talking about like uh, these shows is we've got like a 200 year old vampire dating a 17 year old girl. Right. Um, and that seems to be okay. Uh, but um, no. <laughs> yeah. But even then, uh, but with that's Edward, the thing is. Yeah. With Edward, Edward died a teenager. Yes. So it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it goes into that area of like logic. Like his brain didn't finish developing. Right. His brain is stuck in that spot, you know. Uh, and so, like Bella turning, and like you know, they're like around their their brain age is the same. Their physical age is the same. Right. You know what I mean? If she if she were older, that would have been inappropriate on her part. Same reason why those like animes with the twelve year old vampires and lingerie do not work. Mm. You know, right? Yeah. So there's that. Like Edward, no problem. Angel, Angel was like he was at least in his mid twenties. So him stalking Buffy at the age of like fourteen is like. <laughs> That's right. I do not like Angel. Like I like his show as a standalone. Yeah. Angel and Buffy. I like. I. I literally want to throw hands. Yeah. Like I just. <laughs> oh, I want to beat him up. I want to. Well, I'm. Him. I'm. I actually was more more weirded out by Spike and Buffy than I was Angel and Buffy. But um. Spike met Buffy when she was an adult, didn't he? 
Uh, no, he would have met her. I mean, he, he when they when they started like romantically dating, kind of, yeah. Um, she was romantically until she was almost twenty-two. Yeah, she would have been twenty-one. Yeah, when they first started sleeping together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was one twenty-two. So she had her birthday. Um, let's see here. It's Buffy's a regular binge for me. Um, so I can tell about like the characters. Yeah. Yeah, she would have been because they started. They started actually sleeping together in season six, where she would have been uh, twenty-one. Yeah, uh, and then, um, but he fell in love with her at when she was twenty. Um, but so I mean, so you think you you're, you say that the vampires that the vampires age only matters uh, before they returned. So I mean, like. Uh, like Edward in Twilight is 200 years old, but he was made as a teenager, so that it's okay for him to continue to date teenagers. Or his body and his brain are teenagers. Okay, he's a teenager. Right. He's an eternal child, the same way a six-year-old that's 200 years old is mm-hmm. still a six-year-old. Same thing. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd agree, but uh, right. that I feel like uh, these characters, uh, such as Claudia from Interview Vampire, she grow, she still does mature in certain ways, right? Um, Mentally, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's still a child physically, and her brain is still in that chemical set of, like state. Like everything that like Claudia does, like is insistent as it is or may seem because she decides to dress more appropriately or she gets curious about body parts. Mm-hmm. Everything that she thinks about, everything that she goes about it is literally no different than an overeducated six-year-old. Like, she's still six, okay. mentally and physically. Like, that's the child. And the same thing with Edward. That's child. You know, he was 17 when he was turned and his brain is still there like that's not a 30 year old man no no okay so the same the same rule applies um the amount of so no the amount of years that they're on the planet that's just that many years as the age that they are there's no physical there's no like truly mental like brain chemical evolution that comes with growth and aging none of that occurs so you think you think they're caught in amber from the moment they become vampires to to now okay that's the only vampire rule that's why they have such a hard time changing Mm, and keeping up with the times like think about how fast trends come and go you know Mm. like uh what was it last year everyone was putting chairs in their comments and then like everybody who's older was like what does the chairs mean yeah (laughs) and where are the chairs now it is replaced by caps Mm -hmm. same meaning so you know if uh if the changes 
literally contrary to a vampire's entire existence because mm-hmm. the vampire is frozen right in time okay yeah i guess i'll buy that i uh i i'm not sure i agree i almost i feel like i, I do still feel like learned experience still matters but um but no i mean i think that it's uh but no, I mean, age-wise, age-wise, Spike and Buffy, I guess, is more acceptable, but it's still right. an unacceptable relationship. But um, it's still dating a serial killer, but um, right. uh, and an unrepentant one for most of that time. But um, let's see, what else can we do? We can uh, we're coming up on time here, but um, what do we got? Uh, uh, Michelle, you had mentioned you wanted to talk about um, historical significance and cultural mythos. What did you mean by that? Actually, we've been digging into that the entire time. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's uh, so like the ultimate fear, like uh, ultimately, if you look across all the cultures, one of the things mm-hmm. that the vampire has is like uh, uh, the uh, the mythos of the vampire turning into a bat is actually from Taino folklore, mm-hmm. um, where there's uh, it's a creature. It turns into a bat at night, and it's a spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it comes and it'll suck your blood, and then but they can only come out at night, and that's where Bram Stoker got the idea for Dracula turning into a bat. Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah, is from Taino, um, uh folklore um but um overall the ultimate thing about like the vampire like the age freezing vampire is the fear of not being able to be in touch with those you love anymore right you know leaving that behind so it's like everything from this point that you've been frozen in like that's where your mind stays that's where your heart stays right Mm -hmm. in this era but you cannot connect with any of the people from that era or you'll eat them, right? Because right. vampires have no control over that kind of thing. So it's like this big fear. And I think um, it used to mean more maybe at that point than it does now to a lot of people um, because of like how individualism has taken flight the way it has. But um it used to mean something at the idea of like getting this thing that like you are cursed with eternal life and you can never be with the people that you love again. Right. You know? So I think like the dry or the, the dragon, the vampire is more appealing these days to more people because um, most people's hearts are nomadic in nature at this point. Uh, the connection like the familial connection isn't right. there for statistically a lot more people um so i that's i think it's interesting just culturally how it seems to kind of uh stay connected to all of us across the globe and it's like it has its own breathing set of lungs and it it sways with the way our society runs Right. Okay. How do you guys? How do you guys feel about uh, feral vampires? Um, 
they're less popular, but the ones that act like ghouls, like uh, in Salem's Lot or uh, 30 Days of Night. I, I think they're interesting. I think that um, it's it's interesting, actually. I don't recommend watching um, uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror uh, necessarily, but when they the attitude towards vampires in that and they do an episode of vampires and their attitude towards it is sort right. of like twilight's ruined vampires forever uh but here's 30 days of night bringing vampires back and i always thought that was a weird take um, yeah where i was like well wait a minute no um i mean i don't like i don't like twilight i think it was a terribly written book and i think the movies are are fun in a in a ref tracks kind of way mm. But um, to say that they've ruined vampires is kind of a ridiculous statement. I mean, <laughs> well, it's also, it's notable too that Eli Roth's history of horror is almost entirely like straight white men going like me no like vampire sparkle, um, right? But and then they have a couple of like uh, women uh, PhDs who actually go well. Twilight's kind of problematic, but it um, it's really not that bad and actually is sort of beneficial in the sense that here is. Uh, vampire fiction written almost specifically for a female demographic, right? Uh, which is a demographic that doesn't get uh, stuff very yeah. often. Um, but um, but then you have Eli Roth going like, vampires shouldn't sparkle, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. So then he said, but then they kind of make that attitude of Thirty Days of Night is a return to scary vampires again, right? Um, I don't know if that's true. Uh, I don't think savagery or feralness is what makes vampires uh, interesting or scary. I think right. that um, I always found them to be the least interesting kind of vampire. I mean, because they're just yeah, you know, there's not much there. There's the... yeah. The what I think makes vampires stand out over, and this is gonna be was gonna be my last little talking point was also mm -hmm. like, uh, are they still scary and can they be scary? Um, right. Is um is that idea that what I think what makes vampires work uh, for people, I think the reason why part of the, is their personality. Uh, right. You know, it's sort of the reason why like werewolves didn't take off, but vampires did, you know, like uh, there's plenty of werewolf movies and I'm not, you know, uh, don't at me in my, in my mentions or anything about, right. Well, you know, Nathaniel said werewolf movies never caught on and here's what I'm, <laughs> no. what I'm talking about is called, is that in, in terms of, uh, in terms of genre fiction, the werewolf film is way less than the vampire film, right? Or, or the novels. There aren't that many werewolf books. Uh, there are some, but there are not many. But what makes the vampire work is is it's the Freddy versus Jason argument. Like, what makes Freddy so interesting is he's talkative. He go. He has right. a personality. Jason is this quiet, savage being. Um, what makes vampires, I think, work for people so much is that they have this personality. They have this um, angst. They have right. this, this idea that they that they have more going on uh, that uh, makes them engaging characters. I think that if you have vampires that aren't characters, you're kind of losing something. Right. Um, uh, you know, so to an agree, I'm like, Three Days of Night's fine, but what you could just do a zombie movie. Yeah. You know, uh, right. Especially since the comic, Three Days of Night, actually, they talked in that you know, they actually had personality in Three Days a Night. Right. Um, but I don't know, Michelle, what do you think about uh, savage vampires or feral vampires? I don't really like using the word savage. No, I'm sorry. But, I apologize. No, as far as like feral vampires, I don't think, I don't think that 
the 30 days of night vampires are feral. I mean, when they wake up, are they feral? Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of like, you know, when I like wake and bake and I can like destroy an entire like trash brown as big as my head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because you're just that hungry. Right. Um, but they have a hierarchy. They communicate. They communicate with like clicks and whistles. You know, mm-hmm. but they yeah. also communicate with their words. But the words are unnecessary because the way that they can communicate with each other, mm-hmm. kind of like they, it kind of makes it a little bit more logical because they're much pref- they're better at hunting. Because they don't have to advertise what they're doing. Like, hey, Ernie, I'm going to your left. Right. And so I think they're really cool. I think the lead vampire is very handsome. Very handsome. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, no, I love the 30 Days of Night franchise. Like, uh, it's it's actually one of my most favorite, like, uh, vampire films Mm -hmm. of all time. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's just wonderful um, being trapped in an area where there is no point where you can find them and stake them. Yeah, you know? right. And just like the overall bestial nature of them. Like, they reminded me of like Primal Man, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. Neanderthals, you know. And so like when I watch it, that's how my brain kind of goes. I'm like, huh. It, it, it's almost like if we became zombies, we would just revert to our Neanderthal ancestors right. and just, like tear each other to shreds, which to me is a very interesting concept. So th- I found that very fun, like, you know, for me. Um, the second one I didn't have as much fun with, but uh, the comics themselves, very good. Mm-hmm. All right. And the first movie, Josh Hartnett is amazing. Uh, yeah. He really should be in more stuff. Yeah. Um, like he should. Um, but I, I mean, overall, I, I'm very open to any kind of creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love creature features. That includes werewolves. Like, give me mm-hmm. hybrids. Give yeah. me something that you might think is something like with Twilight. They're actually not really vampires. They're fairies. Yes. They're a right. type of vampiric fairy so that's why their skin sparkles um i i'm not really i'm not like a fan of twilight although there are some quotable scenes that i watched Mm -hmm. so you know i knew uh what was you know what my friends were joking around about because yeah you know i was like i want to know too okay guys um (laughs) and uh while they are not necessarily for me, like I can't watch it with like mm. and need like tissues or feel anything about right. it, except for like it's fun. Um, and that's my main thing in horror films is I like stuff that's fun. Um, mm. I think it's a it was a great gateway drug, so I don't really understand why anybody would, it was. especially when they're income literally relies upon a continuing uh, a, a fan base that continuously builds right. and you right. build uh, you pull more people in by you know getting a new demographic and twilight definitely did that like yeah there are people that 
never that I knew who like would never watch horror movies. Then they watched Twilight and suddenly they were like, oh my gosh, I have to watch this. Now I have to watch that. And one led them deeper and deeper into the more like, you know, twisted and icky gross. And that's really fun because then I finally get to show them the stuff that they're going to definitely hate that I love. Like (laughs) girl, hell yeah. That one's fun, actually. Red-Blooded American Girl. If uh, I think it's available for rent on YouTube. But it basically uh, tackles vampirism like it's a disease mm-hmm. and all about them trying to find the cure. There's also another really old movie called Innocent Blood. Yep, I know that and, one. Yeah, and that one's like a really sexy vampire movie. And that, like... That was like way before uh, Coppola got his hands on Dracula and mm. before Interview. Um, also, Vamp again, very sexy movie. Yeah, there's right. so more. There's more. Um, there's one with like David Bowie, and I know the name of it. I just oh, I that's so- um yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I know, and now I can't remember the damn Hunger, the Hunger, Hunger. the Hunger. Thank yeah. you. I was going to say it starts with a U because I, not just ADHD, I'm also dyslexic. So I was like the Unger. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. You're so great. For finishing that. I'm sorry? I said you're so great for finishing that. Thank you. Um, yep. Yeah. No, actually for a second I forgot it myself. You were like, oh, uh, you were like, oh no. Uh, uh, yeah, you were like it's with David Bowie, and I'm like, I know the name of that movie, but now I can't remember because somebody actually asked me out directly, and now I can't remember right. anything. That's that's why I can never win. That's why I can never do any any good at trivia nights. So I know a lot of stuff, but then when someone asks me a question directly, I'm like, oh, I, I don't remember. Like, you know, I knew it five minutes ago, but yeah, no, yeah, The Hunger. So it's, it's an interesting right. film. Yeah, another really good one. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's Dario Argento, and it was for the Masters of Horror. And it was oh, called um, Jennifer. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was extremely interesting because, like, is this combination of like incredibly sexy, like that body, right? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that body was insane. And um, but then, <laughs> but then her face. You're right. You know. Right. Yeah, she was definitely like a cross between like a succubus and a vampire. Ah. Yeah, totally. So yeah, the last question before we wrap up: um, are are they uh, are vampires scary? Uh, and can they be? Uh, and if they're not, or if they are, uh, you know, can they be still? There's they're so permeated. I had a friend once. Um, uh, tell me, you know, I was saying like vampires are a little cliche, and he said, "Yeah, but they're cliche because they're awesome." Um, but I'm like, can they be scary? Um, what do you guys think? I mean, are they scary still? Well, yeah, think about it. Okay, so we can sit here safe. Okay, mm-hmm. there's nothing that we know of that's looming around us. Wondering when the right time is to eat us. Mm-hmm. That so all of us collectively saying that the vampire mythos, even your simple like Twilight vampire fairy creatures, mm-hmm. aren't scary. Um, we are all full of shit because right. 
second, the very second, you are in the arms of a creature who's literally going to sink their teeth into you and suck your blood. To them, you're an NPC. Right. I mean, literally, if you think vampires exist, you you should learn some, like, cool hat trick or something. So they're like, wow, what an impressive specimen. I should make them live forever so they can always do hat tricks. (laughs) Right. Right. But, like, otherwise, you're just lunch. And you're going to found like a fucking pile of fucking dropped potatoes right mm-hmm. like a stack right there that's it right no more you and like every single individual like i'm sorry if you're afraid of getting mugged and you know full well you wouldn't do well with a gun in your face then you're definitely definitely gonna be afraid of someone who's like hey guess what <laughs> i'm gonna take all your hemoglobin and everything and then you're gonna yeah. die. Right. that's yeah. scary that's scary. Like, if you're afraid of getting serial killed, yeah, you should be afraid of a vampire, absolutely. And it's no different than, like, watching, like, action movies, and then there's always that one chat, oh, I could do that. Right. You could not. You could not. Right. right? <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. We're just trying to be tough guy chats when we say that they're not scary. Because in that actual situation, <sighs> we'd pee our pants. For That's sure. True. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add, Sam? Um, I think I think they can be scary. Um, I think a lot of the time recently, like, you know, they're not trying to make them scary. They're trying to make, you know, a a, a drama or a romance, you know, story out of out of a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, like there's still the the fear of death and there's I think if if somebody wanted to come along and make you know make one that was um really into the transformation of becoming a vampire that could be pretty terrifying um even on shows like uh what we do in the shadows like this process of becoming a vampire is pretty pretty gruesome and and, and scary yeah um so yeah i think i think they could still be scary uh, i just don't think a lot of the times they're that's what they're going for yeah, I think they're, yeah, it seems to be a little bit more interested in the uh, in the personality right. of the vampire, and, and which the, is fine. Deconstruction yeah. of it, yeah, right, yeah, the deconstruction of the idea. Right. Uh, I always find Louis to be scary. Yeah, yeah, Louis. Yeah. Well, okay, it's one thing if you are getting you're meeting your end at the hands of a vampire who doesn't give a shit about you, right? Right. So you're like thrown to the ground. And you're like, yeah, this feels right. But instead, you get Louis, who got sick of rats. So you know, occasionally he does feed on a human. I don't care what he says. And right. Rice told us sometimes he breaks down. So imagine being one of the victims that ends up in Louis's way. Mm. Unlike the stat, let's that prey strictly on evildoers, right? Not Louis. No, he's mm-hmm. just like hungry now. And he goes into his little berserker mode and eats some random person. Now imagine you're dying. This dude's like, I would turn you, but I won't. And yeah, now right. I feel guilty. And you're last <laughs> having to hear this guy yeah, tell you about right. how sad he is and his feelings because he killed you. So right. he's going to be all about himself and you're dying. I would much rather be thrown to the side like an NPC than be this guy's like free therapist. Right. So, right for sure yeah that's he always kind of scared me i can see that 
Right. Yeah. Uh, so Michelle, thanks for coming for it. You know, that, that's been a good time. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote that's coming up for you or? Um, I don't know. I have a bunch of stuff. Just Google my name, Michelle Nesk. Something should pop up. Hopefully it's not like a weird rumor. If it is, that's cool too, whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. having yeah. me. Absolutely, I'm glad. To, we're glad we did this. Uh, I'm always tickled when someone actually has a request for us. So I thought that was that. That's uh, really awesome. So, and it's always a pleasure talking to you. I, I've I've always have a good time. You are one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. So, <laughs> thank so. you for having me on again. Mm, absolutely, Sam. You want to take us out? Yep. Um, just once again, thank you for listening. Um, thanks again to Michelle for coming on. Um, it's always great. Um. And I just remind everybody to watch out for each other and be kind, rewind, mostly be kind. Thanks.